Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. WRKS Pickens Jackson. Are you ready? Now live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. Listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. Good morning. Welcome in. It's game day for the Ole Miss Rebels. They're taking on the fighting Tommy Rathos. According to Blake Mania, that starts at 1 o'clock today. Uh, weather permitting. Good luck with that. Out of bounds. ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Brought to you by the New York Strip and Ribeye at Kessler Prime. In the Renaissance, visit KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. Man, Y'all are all over the place on the text line. That's what I love. Everybody's got an opinion. We've got people who want Tanner Leggett in the lineup over R.J. Yeager. And then we have others, including Nickelback, who said R.J. led the team in hitting in the fall and the spring. He's not coming out. You know who else led the team hitting in the fall? Josh Hatcher last year. It's not a shot. Shot. Josh Hatcher fire. was a great player up until his final season in Starville. But bright lights aren't on in fall. Bright lights come on in, in February and March and April and May and June, and that's when it matters. Look, Scotty DeBrule started slow last year. He became an integral piece of the lineup. R.J. Yeager may be that. That's true. But he could also go the other way. DeBrule was allowed to play for a while. That's a great point. Lamonis talked Bianco about... and Lamonis have done that at time. That's a good point. I think it was Lamonis who talked about he pulled him for a series... To let him breathe. And just That's right. take the like air out of his head. Yeah, just, hey, relax, like reset. Because baseball right. is an incredibly mental, as Jake Mangum has told you and Tanner Allen said too, and multiple... It's a game of failure. You fail more. The best players in the world fail more often than they succeed when it comes to hitting. Yeah. That's just the way it works. So 
you got to be able to kind of decompress and get that out. Okay. All right. How many sports talk radio shows in America are debating uh, college baseball lineups like we do for Us. Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and other? Probably not many. Okay. There might be a show. Here's the thing. In Arkansas, I guess they, there's probably a show in Arkansas that's talking some college baseball. Okay. Fayetteville. And I saw where Louisiana State and La Tech meet in Baton Rouge tonight, and tickets are $200. That's a midweek. Are non- you serious? That's a midweek non-conference game. Wow. Wow. Now, I get it. La Tech and LSU have some – there's some bitterness there and, and in baseball because La Tech can't compete in anything else. But in baseball, they're good. Lane Burroughs has done a great job. I have a friend whose son uh, – well, first of all, Lane Burroughs has, has recruited this state like a madman. Champion. And JUCO and high school and good for Lane. He did a wonderful job for John Cohen. It's interesting that Tommy Raffo and Mike Bianco are going head-to-head this in about – it's five, five hours, hours. Yeah. and we'll have Brad Henderson with Ole Miss baseball on at eight thirty. But you just hit on something, Lane Burroughs. A lot of people thought he was going to get a job last year. He's at Louisiana Tech. You are right; they can win, dude. He's nasty. They can win. He's nasty, and um, they gave a lot of people fits last year. Lane believes he's got another really, really good ball club. They smash the baseball. I mean, I, they just crush it. It's I have insane. a friend whose son's on that team, and he told me about Lane recruiting his son. And he said, you wouldn't believe how good he was at walking my son. He had other options, okay? At walking my son through why he needed to play baseball at Louisiana Tech. They just built a brand new – that stadium they built they is gorgeous. The tornado went through and how re- many years ago? Probably five now at this okay. point, something like that. Yeah. All right. And and dest- four years, something like that, and destroyed. Yeah, ri- I remember the video. It ripped that old stadium apart. Who will Lane Burroughs always be tied to? Hunter Renfro. Uh, John Cohen acknowledges that Lane Burroughs got up on a table and, like, jumped up and down. Said, you have you to sign, have to this. sign yeah. this kid. That's funny. And, and Cohen and... Butch Thompson were hesitant. I mean, it's it, all these spots are coveted in Starbone Oxford. Yep. High, I mean, super, 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 super coveted, right? Highly coveted. And what did Hunter Renfro do? Take him to the promised land. Well, I mean, he ended up his last year. It took him a while, but his last year was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And he he was he's like Charles Cross. His best baseball, even with the lat. Even with his last year in Starkville in 2013, was ahead of him. His yeah. best baseball through unbelievable tutelage at the minor league, major league baseball level two was in front of him. Yeah. Now he's been a, he's made several million dollars in major league baseball. Yeah. But two hundred dollar tickets for that midweek that's game incredible at, in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <clears throat> that's how that's how excited LSU is with Jay Johnson in town and potential player of the year Jay Barry. On the team, and Isn't so they've got yeah. How quick a coach can lose their fastball? Paul Maneri was rolling for a while, and then they were just pff, disinterested. Yeah, so they lost the sixteen or seventeen title to Florida, and then after that, they just disappeared. Your favorite coach, O'Sully Sullivan, Kevin O'Sullivan. That's right. He kind of he's kind of got a Popeye factor to him with his forearms. Yeah, no, he he played. You know, he's kind of st- he looks like a. He looks like a pulling guard. That's what I was about to say. About 1987. He, he played nose tackle and left guard. For like Mendenhall. Played both ways. Tough, yeah. tough group of kids. All they do is play ball. Yeah. 
lumber type kids. Yeah. Also played. They played at Lumberton. Yeah. Also played basketball and baseball because it that you know that's all you just played all the sports. Jefferson County. Yeah. Um, that uh, Kevin O'Sullivan, Florida head baseball coach, reminds me. He also reminds me of that guy that could jack starting at like eight, nine, ten years old. Monster, um, yeah. Well, he the way he's set, yeah. Right, he's so thick and those forearms, tree trunk, tree trunk, and I mean, so if he got, if he got the hips and the rotation in, that ball was gone. Yeah, ball yeah. was gone. Yeah, launching, launching baseballs. Also, the guy that it called up to him by the time he was fifteen, right? He was great for seven years. That's funny. People, his friends actually thought he may have like big time college. Everybody shot level past or MLB, him. and then. Yeah. He walked yeah. out there at 16 his junior year in high school and it, it just didn't it didn't work anymore. He does remind me of a Popeye spinach guy. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I loved it when he and John Cohen were barking at each other in the 2000. Dude, Cohen Was it 2011 Super Regional that Mississippi State had no business being in? Took it to game 3 yes. and right about the 8th inning, Florida pulled away, had like 14 draft picks that week. Yeah. Off Florida. John was still playing with a bunch of, I don't want to say a ragtag group, but um, overachievers. Yeah, he had filled in, other than Chris Stratton and one or two players, he had filled in with some Juco players that he and Lane and Butch had just coached their ass off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Cohen got into it with. I mean, none of those guys, the overwhelming majority of those guys could not play on the 2022. Mississippi State squad. The last, like, six years of teams, they couldn't play. Now, right? I know Stratton and yeah. some others could, but yeah. a lot of them couldn't. Correct. Right? Correct. You didn't have Adam Frazier, nope. and you didn't have a Hunter Ren. Well, I could go on and on, actually. Yes. You you could. I mean, if we want to go to the mound, then it gets crazy. Jonathan but, Holder. But if Jacob you want to go to the batting yeah. lineup, that yeah. batting lineup was didn't have a lot of sizzle in it. No, even the one in 2013 that got to the finals was not an in- intimidating hitting lineup. No, that, yeah. John and them were still trying to load the boat at the top four level of yeah. SEC talent. Yeah. What, and here's why that jumps out at me. What Ole Miss did against Charleston Southern over the weekend and what Mississippi State did against Arkansas Pine Bluff these rosters are so talented today compared to just a few years ago that I think it may be hard for us to really wrap our brain around. No, there's no doubt. If, if, if you got down to the nitty-gritty and you went back, even for Ole Miss, to the same thing. There's not a lot of teams where, that had multiple starters that start on the teams now. Right. Yeah. Um, I like where we're going today. I really do. Kendall's happy. We're back into some college baseball. We're talking Bianco against the fighting Tommy Raffos at 1 o'clock. And listen, will Tim Elko hit a 457-foot home run today? Let's put some odds on it. Brad Henderson at 8.30 on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. Good morning. Welcome in. Which one of these do you like better? Yes. Okay. Good call. 
Well, I'm just looking at two things that I want to talk about before we go to Brad Henderson and, and go to Oxford, Mississippi at 830. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by USA Pawn. For all your tools, electronics, firearms, and more, go to usapawn.com. And don't forget about their mega store, I-55 South McDowell Road. All right, Blake, which one of these jumps out at you more or do you like more? You'll yeah. lose 756 socks in your lifetime. A lot across roughly 13,000 loads of laundry. All right. Or do you like this one better? 63% of people think they can cook as well as a professional chef. It's definitely the cook one because that has to do with ego. Right. Right. None of us have. Does somebody, no. Does somebody jump out at you when you hear that? Like, a friend or, or someone you know, 63% of people think they can cook as well as a sh- professional chef. And the survey thought that that was because of shows like Chopped, among others. Yeah. Like all the, I watch all those Gordon Ramsay cooking competitions. Oh like my gosh. Master, how good were those? Master Chef yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love cooking shows. Um, I think, yeah. I think social media has been a, a big influence in that too, because you know what what you don't see is like all the mistakes and all the what you see is this perfect dish that's like bright and vibrant, and colorful and sexy, and it's like oh look at this look at this uh, Bangkok steamed dumpling I've made and handmade the wrapper and I braised this pork for thirteen hours and like what you don't know is like that's the thirty eighth time you've tried to make that and like right. it doesn't actually taste good it just looks nice. Yeah, I I think. What did Robert St. John tell us on the Whiskey 61 podcast? How many times a guy's in the neighborhood and he cooks a great steak and all his neighbors tell him that. Now, you do that for a couple reasons. One, because it's a really good steak. Two, you want him to continue to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that you can share in the feast. Yeah. I mean, that's what a a lot of this show is built on. But then it turned. 17 years ago, a y'all lifestyle feast, whatever that is. And then he said, that guy goes and opens a restaurant and then figures out, whoa, there's 450 other things that we have to do before the steak hits the table. And I have to cook more than six a night at a very high level. Yeah. I got to cook 85, (laughs) 90 an hour. At at several different temps, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I agree with you. That's why I always joked. I was like, I, I would be, my friend and I have always joked, like we should open a restaurant and we both have things that we would bring to the table, all that good stuff. I was like, but I would never, I would never pretend. And I think I'm a good cook. I would never pretend for a million years that I would want to be a chef in a restaurant. No, it's just a whole different thing. It's, it's just a whole different ball game. It's a, uh, very, very challenging. Well, there's a reason you go to school for Like there's a reason that the real chefs, the great chefs spend years training under other great chefs and taking, you know, their craft seriously as a, like a true passion and profession. They spend decades learning to, to become what they are. Robert St. John wasn't making what he makes now. He wasn't doing that when he first walked out of a, or walked into a kitchen at 18 years old. Right. That takes decades of learning. Um, and of course, immediately people are like, well, I can, I can cook as good. There's no question (laughs) that squirrel who says I'm in that 63%. Because Squirrel is the guy that also believes that he could be just as good a coach yeah. as Nick Saban and just as good a general manager as Mickey Loomis. Yeah. Um, 
Now, Kendall, who I think, if I if I was betting money, could outcook Squirrel and run circles around him, actually says, I consider myself a pretty good cook, but I ain't nowhere near the caliber of a professional chef. But you do have those guys. Yes. Which is wonderful. Yes. It he, makes it fun. I like, I, you know, I, Kendall is a great example of that. You know, Kendall is... As he, close he can get as, freaky. As close as you can get because he is he is ex, he's experienced and he goes outside the box, which is key when when you're talking about creating great food. But he's right. The the level it's like okay, it's like going to the library in Oxford or two brothers in Startville and you get a mixed drink. It's a it those those bartenders are college age kids. They're just mixed you know, you get a, a rum and coke. Uh, uh, Russell's and and whatever ginger ale, what, whatever it might be, that's just a drink. You go to like a a fancy, you know, mixology place, and they're using three different levels of bitter and all. That's that. a good point. And it's just that's that's the difference in, like the Briar Patch. Yes, they're okay. just doing cocktails differently. What they're doing is a different level than you yeah. and I bartended. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I both bartended. Yes. And we both made thousands and thousands and thousands yes. of drinks. And I can make at you at a high level restaurant. Yeah, I can make you almost anything you want, but I can't when you get to the level of what they're doing, it's a whole different thing. And that's the same that's the difference in professional chefing and people who cook really well. That's Kendall's that's right. a great cook. One hundred he's no doubt he can make food that but will can you blow nail your mind. the medium rare medium steak? Can you yep. nail seventy three of them? Well, and how about all the sauces? At a time when the tickets are coming in from 5.30 to 7, and, and 73 of those orders are steaks yes. at, the, at the rare, medium rare, and medium, and God forbid, medium well and well done level. Nail all the temps, like you said, plus the sauces, yes. and deliver them to the table. Well, now, and, and I mean, I say this with all due respect, because like cooking a bunch of steak like that is hard, but also like steak is the entry level of cooking in some aspects, because you go to some of these Michelin stars, and it's you're, you're cooking duck and eight different fishes and you've got a you've got a brazen octopus very delicate things that meat or fish and and ex, things that are you know like i had some high tuna level expensive at, uh 44 prime yes on friday night and i just thought they nailed it i don't know i i, I could do it maybe but it would be it'd be like my best one out of uh 57 tries. Exactly, exactly. And that's the difference, what people don't understand. And forget all of that, even if you could execute some of those things, because there is something to be said about I can train someone on how to cook a piece of meat. Here's the problem. I can train you to cook it, but does your mind and does your palate understand how to create that out of nothing? That's also the difference in a great chef and a cook. A cook does what they're told. A great chef invents out of nothing a dish, Yeah, creates flavor profiles, puts them together, pairs them appropriately, puts all of that in mind. And where is mind. more of the culinary action? It's in the appetizers. I mean, the one thing that we know for the most part, entrees are great. Some of them are, you know, complicated and so on. But but where where's the culinary juice majority of time on a menu? The appetizer. Yeah. No, especially around here where we don't we don't deal with the eclectic, more artistic nature of dining. Yeah, we're more of a rustic still. Like we're here to eat state, which is quantity un- understandable. Well, and not just quantity, but like we're a practical state. See, like when you go to L.A. or San Francisco or even New, you know, New York or any Scottsdale. of Scottsdale. Yes, 
a lot of times dining is as much an experience as it is the practicality of getting nourishment. True. And there is an artistic nature to plating, and there's an artistic nature to presentation, and there's theming to menus, and there's a lot more that goes into eclectic dining. And it's fun. It's awesome. It's great food. But it's Some just of a it's diff- overboard. It, oh, I'll, almost all of it is overboard. I never, I'll never forget sitting down at this ritzy, frou-frou restaurant in Scottsdale, Arizona, and thinking – they're overthinking it. Yeah. It's too much. No, and, and sometimes it is, but sometimes it's you're going for that experience. Right. And that's what you're that's part of what you're paying for is the the entertainment and experience of a different type of diet. Fair enough. Yeah. But that's it all circles back to, of course, there's people on the text line who go, Well, yeah, I can do all that. I've never made a sauce in my life, but I can run a restaurant. Well, I can't do that. You you do a you you get into the sauces. Sauces is that's the diff, that's the distinction. If oh, you can make good sauce, and I, I can't yeah. make sauces. It's hard. I wish I could. It's hard. Yeah, hard. I, I, that's not my that's not my deal. But if somebody on the text line wants to make one for us, then I'm good with it. James wants us to do a steak challenge in the studio. I'm in, and we don't even have to do it in the morning. I mean, if y'all to work around your schedule, we can do it midday afternoon. We can do it on a Saturday. I mean, we're outside of football season. We can do it on a sat late brunch Saturday morning. You cook a steak. Out of Bounds show is brought to you by Edwin White's Golf Shop on County Line Road. Brad Henderson, Ole Miss Baseball, on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line next. Press the button, my friend. The Out of Bounds show is live, live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge in the Bank Plus Studio. Check, check, check it out. Good morning. Welcome in. It's game day in Oxford. Ole Miss, Arkansas State, fighting Tommy Rathos in town. Take on uh, Mike Bianco and the Rebels. Our guests join us on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. You're listening Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We welcome in Brad Henderson, Hindu, with uh, Ole Miss Baseball. Brad, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. Good to be back on. Well, we appreciate you. So what time will you hit the... uh, what time will you get to the stadium today? Well, I'll probably go to the yard around 11, about two hours early, and, and start getting ready and, and make sure the windows are closed and the heaters are on. <laughs> um, all right. So what, we were talking about this earlier, and um, the the talent on the rosters in, in, in Oxford and Starkville compared to years ago. And obviously, you were a hell of a baseball player, so I'm not taking a shot at you by any stretch. Sure, sure. But compare the compare the club and the roster when you played to today, Ooh. and what <laughs> Bianco and Lafferty and Clement uh, have on the roster today, Brad. Well, it's 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 not fair because, like you said, it, it was. You know, I played during a time where, you know, we, we only made the conference tournament one time uh, in my four years. So, obviously, we were lacking in, in several areas. Uh, Mississippi State, not so much. I, they, you know, they, they've been so good in baseball since Coach Polk took over uh, that, you know, it just year in and year out. In fact, you know, several of the years when I played, they had the number one recruiting class in the country. So, you know, the, 
they, they've always been a staple, and uh, Ole Miss really kind of finally turned that corner, you know, when Mike came here in 01, uh, and, and, you know, since then, and it's, it's kind of been, uh, it, you know, it, it speaks for itself. It's, it's been two decades of a lot of postseason play. Uh, you know, I, I know the knock has been the only, you know, the 14 team making it to the World Series, but, uh, you know, that, that team compared to the teams when I played, um, you know, it's it's not even close. They're they're, they're just so much deeper on the mound, uh, and then obviously offensively, you know, we kind of got a glimpse of what they could be this year, uh, really with 12 or 13 guys. So it's it's a, you know, it's a it's a special group. They'll form their own identity this year, and and we'll see how far they take us. All right, walk our listeners through how difficult it is to be one of the of the starting eight or nine, however you want to run the numbers. But now, I mean, just how difficult it is to be every day in the lineup at Ole Miss. Yeah, it, it's, well, it, it's a, to me, you've got, the, the main thing is you've got to be consistent. You know, where where in years past, typically you may have some holes in that lineup. You know, when, when a staff faces you and you get to seven, eight, nine, you can relax a little bit. But, uh, you know, you, you think about Saturday's game, you, you know, Hayden Leatherwood's hitting in the nine hole, didn't play on Friday, and, and his first at bat he hits a two-run homer. Uh, there, there are no holes in this lineup. And if you're going to play in this lineup, you're going to have to do it every day. Um, you know, it, it's not a deal where you can hit eight or ten home runs but hit 230 because there's going to be another guy that's going to hit eight or ten home runs, and he's going to hit 280 or 320. Uh, so – you know, it, it's going to be – it would be tough if you're not one of those 12 or 13 guys. Uh, I'm not saying it can happen. You, you look at T.J. McCants last year, who really wasn't going to factor in much, and then Chatagnier gets hurt and T.J. gets a chance and, you know, is an all-SEC freshman. So the talent is there, but when you get your opportunity, you better take advantage of it. Brad Henderson on the Out of Bounds Show, Ole Miss baseball color analyst. Uh, Rebs play Arkansas State, 1 o'clock today at Swayze. You're listening to ESPN 105.9 The Zone. All right, who who is the who's the alpha on the team, or who could be the alpha on this Ole Miss baseball team this year? Oh wow! Well, of course you got Tim Elko coming back. You know he's the captain for the third straight year, uh, but he's sort of a gentle giant, and and he leads by example, uh, and and. You know, just the attitude he carries every day. And I'll give you an example of this. You know, he and Kevin Graham and Justin Bench all kind of made a pact to come back and, and give it one last ride. Um, you know, I had a chance to interview Tim after Friday's game. He had hit a home run. And um, in between, while we were having a commercial break, Tim and I were just visiting. And he was so excited because he saw the parents and the kids on the field. We haven't had that in the last two years due to COVID. Uh, and that was what stood out to him. You know, it just shows kind of what this program, what being at Swayze means, you know, in his final year. Uh, I, th- I think he appreciates the little things, so he kind of goes about his business differently. He's going to show up and kind of enjoy every moment knowing uh, this is the last run. But I think if you ask all those guys on that team, uh, you know, he, he's probably, you know, who, who most guys are going to look to, uh, especially, when, you know, when the times get tough. Okay, so who's the most vocal? Uh, Peyton Shotney talks the most. Um, 
Energy, you know, great dude. Uh, you know, he's just a, just a fun guy to be around. He talks in between pitches. He's singing along with the radio. Uh, you know, he's one of my favorites. Uh, we, we always pick on him because after a tough loss, uh, I always look for him, whether he had a hit or didn't have a hit or had four errors. Uh, because he's so easy to talk to, he loves to talk. Um, and uh, you know, if you ever get to see some clips of him on on Twitter, or you know, it's he's just a he's just a bundle of joy, and and guys kind of just gravitate towards his energy. Okay, Brad Henderson on the Out of Bounds show. Was there a look? Ole Miss is a lot better than Charleston Southern, um, but was there something on the twenty seven innings? that you filed and could take something away from that series, Brad? Yeah, the one thing – yeah, for sure. The one thing I took away was after the first weekend, there weren't any red flags. You know, you you didn't want to see a, oh, no, I didn't see this coming. Or, you know, this guy wasn't quite as good as I thought he was going to be. The offense was kind of what we expected. Um so, yes, that, you kind of walked away. It, it was business as usual is kind of how I took it. And that's uh, no, no offense to Coach McMillan uh, in Charleston Southern, but he's trying to rebuild a program with 34 new guys. Um, it, it went sort of as we planned and had hoped for. Okay. The major league trend, Brad, is to smash the ball out of the yard. And um... – yeah, I don't know. I mean, it will, it'll go back. There'll be ebb and flow. But right now, it's throw 99 and hit bombs. And there's not a lot of in-between. That's right. Do you think that's where we're going in college baseball? Or no, that's just not how the game at the college level will be set up? I, you know, I don't think it's going to be at that rate where we're in the majors. Uh, you know, if you hit. 20 home runs, it's okay to hit 220 and strike out 100 times. Um, you know, they're, they're still, and we saw it this weekend, Ole Miss ran a little bit more than I thought they would uh, or than, than they have in years past. Uh, we saw them sack bunt. Uh, we saw them try and bunt for hits. Uh, we saw Charleston Southern try the old slash. Uh, with, and, you know, and you don't see a lot of that in pro ball. And, you know, you're still talking about 18 to 21-year-olds, so – you know, there's still a lot of 18-, 19-year-olds, young young players that, you know, they're not going to hit the ball out of the yard. Uh, and you can't rely on the three-run homer as much as you do in pro ball. And that's why I really like calling and watching the, the college game. There, there's a little more of what we call game within the game, uh, moving runners. Um, you know, and so it, it gives that's a, a, good little, point. a little more element, uh, especially late in the game. Now, I still think innings one through six, uh, you're going to play for the big inning, but inning seven, eight, nine. If you've got to move a runner, you've got to be able to play a little bit of small ball. Uh, so, I, I think I think that's the difference uh, in the two. And and I would I, I much rather I prefer the you know the, the late inning uh, you know small ball and, and small ball is not a correct word because Tim Elko obviously in the bottom of the eighth inning is probably not bunting runners over <laughs> uh, first and second, but. T.J. McCants might, sure. or, or Peyton Shotney might, or sure. Justin Bench might. So, you know, it just brings a, a little added element to the game, which uh, which I truly enjoy. If you had to bet $100, I'm talking uh, lineup, if you had to bet $100 on today on who would make a Major League Baseball run, there's a lot of talent. 
on on this team? Who would it be? Position player or pitcher? Position player. Okay. Uh, I think Jacob Gonzalez, and that's a pretty. I think that's a pretty easy choice, uh, considering the accolades he's gotten. Um, and, and I think Hayden Dunhurst has got a real chance uh, out of the nine uh, that, that that hit. Um, obviously, you're going to have some other guys that have some opportunities too. But as far as the pro game goes, they probably, as far as you know. Uh, measurables that they're probably farther ahead as far as MLB is concerned. Is this potential, does this have the most potential to be the most talented batting lineup that Bianco's had? I think so. I think so. Um, and, and I've said it on air and, and I don't want to jinx them. I don't want to put any added pressure on them, but when you bring eight of the nine guys back, uh, I think it's got the potential to be the best, offensive team that's that's come through Ole Miss. Uh, and that's probably saying a lot, but, you know, you, you're returning a team that was in the top two in the conference last year in most every offensive category. Um, and and then you throw in the fact that, that Elko's healthy, uh, and he was a huge piece of that last year. You know, I, I don't see how they can't be. Uh, now, again, you know, you got to stay healthy. Um, but like I said, there's there's 12 guys competing for those nine spots, and on any given day, uh, they, they can all hurt you. As the talent level goes up a notch this weekend against Virginia Commonwealth, VCU, what are you looking for? Consistency. Um, you know, some of these younger guys, especially the arms, getting their feet wet. We, we saw some guys last weekend, Hunter Elliott, freshman, Riley Maddox, Mason Nichols. Uh, you know, they got a taste of it. And, you know, it's different when you turn the lights on for the first time. The no nerves doubt. are there. Uh, they're going to be there. But then when that, that talent level you're playing against is, is elevated too, that you're going to have those nerves again. So I just want those guys to continue to be consistent, stay in the moment. Uh, and even your John Gaddis and Washfords and those guys as well, because this is a new stage for them. So, yeah, the, the talent level is going to tick up this weekend with Virginia Commonwealth. I think it will tick up today as we face Arkansas State. Um, but ju- just staying in the moment, uh, not trying to do too much. Uh, so hopefully, uh, you know, when we go to UCF next weekend and, and then we start to enter into conference play, those guys feel comfortable uh, and feel confident. So you get to go to Orlando. In a week and a half. Yes. Yes. And it, it was funny. I always look at the weather, you know, and, and it's supposed to be 78 degrees here next weekend and, and 80 in Orlando. So I would have <laughs> definitely swapped the 78 for this weekend, but it is what it is. And, you know, they, they played us, <laughs> excuse me, well, excuse me. <clears throat> they played us really well last year down here, beat us two out of three. Yeah. Uh, so I know these guys are, are ready to go back and, and get another shot at, at UCF. But a lot of baseball before then. Like I said, we've got Arkansas State today at 1, uh, Virginia Commonwealth this weekend, and then we'll have a two-game series uh, against a, a good Mike Federico, Federico team out of Monroe here next Tuesday and Wednesday. So a lot of baseball uh, before we go to Orlando. All right, Brad Henderson, Ole Miss baseball on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. Rebs play uh, Arkansas State at 1 o'clock today at Swayze. And then, of course, Brad just walked us through a three-game 
series with VCU this weekend. Brad, I was in Starkville last weekend, and I will say this. Long Beach State can play. They got some ball players out west. Um, and uh, it's so funny. It, you know, the way that the game is played in different regions of the company uh, of the country, um, and I know winning's winning. You got to do what you got to do. But, um, boy, they came in with some punch and some fight. I ran into their athletic director on Friday night at dinner, and he said that they were actually ticked at being ranked 22nd in the country and came in with a chip on their shoulder. So you never know, right, with what you're facing no, weekend you, to weekend. You don't. Well, and that's a story program. You know, they're, they're in it year in and year out. So you knew it was going to be a, a matter of just who played a little bit better. Um, and you see how well Sam's threw on Friday. And, you know, they just couldn't get that big hit. Uh, you know, they got one hit. So it, it shows you how good Long Beach really is. And, and I keep up with Mississippi State quite a bit. I've, I've got to say this. Uh, my, my coworker here in Oxford, his son is – Cade Smith, who got the win on Sunday for Mississippi State. God, he pitched well, Brad. Wow. He pitched really well, really well. Super happy for him. Uh, But but his his dad and I, Jason, uh, we get to talk a lot of baseball every day. So I I stay in tune with with Mississippi State. But you know as well as I do, you know, they're going to be there in the end. There's just too much talent on that team. And, you know, they they need some of those younger players to get some innings under their belt when you talk about – you know, Hunter Hines and, and Kellum Clark, who was hurt some last year. You know, so they're going to be there in the end. They've got a quality club. Chris Lamonis does a, a fantastic job. But, uh, you know, what a matchup opening weekend, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was packed down there. It was packed at Swayze. So it's just good to have baseball back in uh, in Mississippi. Did you ever imagine in 1999 when you were playing ball that Ole Miss would draw well over 30,000 on a February weekend non-conference against a Charleston Southern level opponent? No, no, I didn't. I mean, and Kellum, David Kellum and I talked about this uh, on the air. That They have more people at inter-squads that, than we had at, at a lot of midweek games. Incredible. You know, there'll be more people come to watch them practice uh, than we had at some midweek games. So it, it just shows you how far it's come. Uh, and it continues to grow. You know, they sold more season tickets than they ever have. Uh, there's a big fundraising campaign going on now to, you know, add to the stadium with suites and indoor facilities. And so, you know, it's one of those, if, if you're not building, you're, you're probably far, falling behind. So, you know, over 8,000 season tickets sold. I could have never have imagined that back in the day. So, you know, kudos to Coach Bianco and all the players that have come through and, and his staff. So, you know, you, you just hope to keep building on a good thing and, it's early this year, but I, I certainly like uh, the trajectory of this team. Man, you know, the the baseball players at Ole Miss and Mississippi State, they walk into the Ritz-Carlton every day, don't they, Brad? <laughs> they really do, and they don't know. I don't think you realize how special it is probably in, until you're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're exactly right. To, to walk into either one of those stadiums, uh, and even Pete, Pete Taylor Park, you know, at Southern Miss, it's just a, uh, you know, they, they've just been built to where kids want to go there. You know, I'll go to the field sometimes. We'll have a 6 o'clock game, and there's kids there, at, you know, 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. You know, it's, it's, it's a home to them, uh, and it's so accommodating with, with the, the training tables and the, 
the the lounge areas and and the locker rooms and uh yeah it's 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 amazing how, how well the alumni have you know and the fundraising has has allowed these schools to have these facilities but yeah it's it's a blessing to those kids and like i said you don't really realize it until you're gone but it's just uh, some amazing ballparks here in this state. Yeah, if somebody would have said Players Lounge to Brad Henderson or or, or Brad Freeman <laughs> back in the night, they'd have been like, "What?" Or or even you know Delucci or or Will Clark, they, Players Lounge with gaming systems yeah, and yeah, unlimited yeah, we, Gatorade and and <laughs> snacks. Well, and I it, will say we, we did have a lounge. We had a little bitty lounge. It was about a twelve by twelve room with a little bitty couch in and, and a TV. So imagine. <laughs> 38 guys trying to get into that one room to watch the one TV. But uh, it is what it is. You know, back then it was more about let's play cards or, or yes. uh, you know, just rib on each other during pregame and, until we go out and take BP. So, you know, you made it work. It, it was, a, a you know, a, a special time in, in our lives, you know, it was one that we'll never take for granted or, or uh, you know, forget. So, you know, these kids have it a little better, but uh, it is what it is. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's about trying to win a college baseball game. No doubt. Brad Henderson, Ole Miss Baseball, on the Out of Bounds Show. Thanks, Brad. We'll, hopefully we'll catch up when you get back from Orlando. You bet, Bo. Appreciate it. Brad Henderson, Ole Miss Baseball Color Analyst. He's going to be busy today. Three-game series against Virginia Commonwealth. couple games against La Monroe. Then they jump on a plane, I guess, on a Thursday in a week and a half, and they'll go down to Orlando and take on Central Florida in what is hopefully sunny Orlando. And as Brad said, 80 degrees um, down there. I'm going to be in Orlando in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to that, too. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. The Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, is brought to you by Eye Care Professionals, Dr. Kurt Jeffries. So if you need uh, LASIK or cataract surgery, you know where to go. Eye Care Professionals, Dr. Kirk Jeffries, Eye Care Professionals, two locations on Lakeland Drive, one in Jackson, Flowood, Bellmead, Dr. Kirk Jeffries, and Eye Care Professionals. Blake Mania with me. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. Good interview there with, uh, with Brad Henderson. You know what I took from that interview with Brad Henderson? And I think it's a pretty obvious takeaway that probably everyone took from that interview or this weekend. Ole Miss, Ole Miss is going to smash the baseball. It's all going to be about replacing the 150 plus innings from Hoagland and Nikhazy. Yeah, you know Nikhazy was the best pitcher in college baseball last year. Can, yeah, if they can, and uh, that includes Leiter, yeah, Kumar, he, and others. He was amazing. If they can, if they can replace that with moderate level, like like I expect Ole Miss to be a top four runs per game team in the SEC. Yeah, which is going to give you a chance to win a lot of games. Right. It's going to be about can you just limit what other teams do against you. It'll be interesting to watch. Does Mississippi State have enough pop in their lineup? Not ex- not proven experience production. So this quarter kid, potential. All right, so the quarter, so you, you mentioned Ole Miss with the pop. It's, it's and Graham and there. Elko yeah. and all these guys. They hit like 12 home runs over the weekend. Yeah. It was insane. I mean, it was just yanking the ball out of the ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. State's got four total. I think Ole Miss is like at 12 through three games. Yeah, it's insane. So, it, uh, it's early. Uh, I, th- I'm not asking if they do, period. Uh, do they have enough to develop, is my point, yeah. over the next 30 games? You know, I think it'll be something fun to track as far as will they have enough yeah. pop 
in the lineup, like you said, because Lamona said it looks like we're flipping somewhat to an offensive-driven league this year, mm-hmm. and we were more pitching last year. And so knowing what some of the teams have, quarter, you know, what is he going to do? Will, will Cumbus be able to do what people want him to do? Um, he's got pop, but he still struggles mightily with anything off speed. Yeah, inconsistent. And then yeah. what do you think about right field? And then my question there is, it, then it really falls on two guys. Cam James at third, and Logan well, Tanner at catcher. They're your own, there's only two bats in the lineup okay. that you know anything about. Because Corder looks like yeah. he's a baller. And my Hines guys told me he was. And I had parents told me that if Corder can do what he's supposed to do, then he's got filthy talent and he can rake. My question to you, Blake, is Luke Hancock's going to get on base, and that's great. But if you're looking for pop, where does it fall? And if Cumbus, for some reason, is not quite there yet, and his baseball is still two to three years ahead of him, does Cam James, do Cam James and Logan Tanner have enough? And if you're if you've got Cam James in the leadoff position, then you know where does that all go? How does that all fit and look? I guess over the next about twenty games, when you try to figure out what you got, twenty five games. Maybe. Hour number three coming up. Out of bounds. ESPN 105.9.